Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'd, I'd just like to ask a question, um, Sister Shadi. Um, I don't know who sang that song, um, Glorious God, Beautiful King. So my daughter asked me about a week ago. She said, who's the author of that song? I said, honestly, I can't say. And I asked why. She said, a king is not beautiful. Why did they use a beautiful king in that song? <laughs> and I was like, wow. You know, the way kids think and all of that. But thank you for blessing us, choir. I stand this day, uh, not of myself. I stand to minister um, that which has been laid upon my heart. I welcome everyone to this Sunday. I hope you all had a great week. I welcome us to, the, to this week's um, LifeWay sessions. For those that are just joining us for the first time, it's one of two um, messages that we have on a, on a weekly basis. Essentially, it covers certain areas of our lives, um, families, relationships, um, careers, finance, and I think one other area. So this morning, by the way, my name is Mark Andrewola to be, just to introduce myself for those that don't know me. This morning, I'm just going to share over the next few minutes on understanding pathways to career progression and development. Um, I've noticed that over the last um, sessions that we've had, you know, it may be tilting more towards those in careers and all of that, but I dare say that um, it's applicable to everyone, for those in business, for those that are entrepreneurs, just try to apply as much as possible to some of these nuggets, you know, that we're going to be bringing to you. So very quickly, I'm very conscious of time. I remember when I was speaking to Pastor during the week, he says, are you sure you're going to be able to cover all of this within the short time? I said, I'll try. And if we're not able to finish, I'm sure I'll have another opportunity to come minister to us. Praise God. When we talk about progressing in our businesses, our careers, and the likes, I personally like to, like to take it from the standpoint of being self-aware, self-discovery, knowing who you are. And that question comes to mind, who am I? And I dare say it's not a one-line response, you know, when, when that question is thrown to you. It takes a lot of reflection. It talks about or it encompasses our values, ideologies, belief systems, thoughts, and importantly, relationships. And for that, from that same question, what stems from it, you know, as believers is, we must also understand whose we are. Where have we originated from? Now, having a good understanding of whose you are helps you understand your purpose, what, you're, what you've been designed, what you've been created for to achieve. It sets that building block or foundation that helps you understand and then puts your goals into perspective. I rarely have opportunities to talk or teach without focusing on goal setting because I strongly believe it really starts and dwells on understanding what it is you want for yourself, designing that pathway, and how you will get there. 
oftentimes we miss it because we're only focused on the destination, right? But there's a journey before the destination. There's an input before an output. Are you with me? And scriptures teach us in Habakkuk 2, verse 2 to 3, about writing that goal or writing that vision down, making it plain that you that has written it stays focused. You don't lose sight of that which it is that you have desired or that you are desiring for yourself. Hallelujah. So it's important in discovering yourself that you understand who you are, whose you are, understand your goals and understand the pathway that is going to lead you to that end point. And importantly, believe in yourself. If you can strongly believe in that which you have desired for yourself, it would always happen. Everyone that we look and adore, adore today believed in their abilities at some point. And that's what has taken them to where they are. Very quickly, the next thing I want to talk about is value creation. The last time my brother, my friend, I call him my master and mentor, Edward Shagun Fabon spoke here, touched on this as well. We live, and I'm sure a number of us may have, I'll at least presume that a number of us may have heard that acronym, we live in a VUCA world. VUCA being an acronym for a volatile, you know, um, uncertain, complex and ambiguous world. What this really says is the world is fast evolving. It's very complex and businesses, organizations, employers are in a constant battle for competition. Are you with me? And for you to thrive in those organizations, you need to, at every point in time, remain valuable. You must always have something to bring to the table. Regardless of the role, regardless of the function, you must strive to understand and create value from what it is you are doing per time. How do we achieve this? You must not find yourself in the league of those that are always known to be complaining, always known to be frustrated, always known you know, to always be making excuses not to get the job done. You must find yourself on the divide of the problem solvers. You must find yourself as a body of knowledge. I remembered my early years in Bible City Church that has now, of course, evolved into Kingsville today. Pastor Seiko, back then, I just finished school. You know, he was, for those of us that remember him, was an IT guru. I don't know whether he's still in that line, you know. You know, and some of the learnings I remember and I reflect on, even till today was, he says then there will be problems that would emanate from work. Overnight, he goes back home and he begins to confess. You know, confess God's word that he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. The answers that are in me is greater than the problem that is at the office. In fact, he will demonstrate, he says he will be tapping his, his belly like this, you know, making those confessions and insights come. Honestly, the things we hear here is not just because we come to church to hear it. We must learn to apply this in our everyday lives. And he says, more often than not, 
by the next day, he has that solution. And he's always the reference point. That's where we as body of believers, that's where we should find ourselves. We shouldn't find ourselves among the bandwagon of those that are always complaining. Oh, they haven't increased the salary. They, they've not promoted me. That's not what you were employed for. I mean, I was checking in with a few HR professionals, you know, during the week. That I'm not sure any contract of employment promises you promotion. So why are you holding on to it? But you see, the subject of promotion, hopefully, I'll touch on that. Maybe not today, but the next time I have that opportunity. It's very exhaustive. Some say it's a game of politics. But we'll see how well we can deep dive and still make the most of it. Praise God. So you must be insightful. You must always bring something to the table. You must always show that you have that resource. The third thing I want to talk on, invest in yourself. Has anyone ever heard that quote? That the best investment you can make is in you. Is in you. Why? Warren Buffett said, because the more you learn, the more you earn. It's as simple as that. If you fail to learn, well, maybe you're okay with what you're earning. You've got to nurture to flourish. It arguably offers the best return on investment. Importantly, it not only improves our lives as individuals, but the lives of those around us. People must draw value from you. The Bible reminds us that we are the light of the world, even in that workplace. We are supposed to reflect that light. We are the salt of the earth. We must bring substance to our businesses, to our careers, to the organizations that we work for. How then do you invest in yourself? Surprisingly, the first thing I have here on my list is invest in your health. You know why? You've got to be alive to be productive. You've got to be able and and sound to be productive. But a number of us don't pay attention to our health. You know, the, as one gets older, you know I'm getting older, <laughs> you know, you begin to see some signs and you're wondering, wow, you need to pay attention to your health to remain productive. Trust me, the person that has employed you today, if he sees you're no longer the person that you were, will not hesitate to let you go. The best he can do, he'll pay you off. The very wicked ones will justify that you are not productive anymore and they won't pay you a dime. So invest in yourself. The second thing is devote yourselves to study. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15 says, study. It's very clear. It says study to show yourself approved of God. A workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So you've got to study. And the world we have today, and I'm not making campaigns for any brand here. You know, we have degrees, certificates available at our fingertips. There are platforms like Coursera, Udemy, and the likes, where in some instances you pay a fee, in some instances, it's actually free. But we find the excuses not to. 
I remembered many years ago, I don't know whether it's still applicable today, you know, there was that saying that if you want to hide something from the black man, put it in the pages of a book. He's never going to find it. He only just says that we need to focus our energies in the right place. Develop ourselves. When we develop, that's how we're actually, you know, creating value. And I also want to touch on the subject of transferring that knowledge that you have. You know, my short work experience, you know, I've been, <laughs> I've been, I can say I've been at the top, I've been at the very low, and somewhere now, I'm somewhere in between. I've worked with different categories of people, different mindsets, different orientations. And I've seen institutions and colleagues that conceal information, hide knowledge, because they want to stay relevant. But you see, I, I'm not a subscriber to that, and I'll tell you why. Connecting it back to the subject of promotions. Like I said, it's, it's, a, sub, it's a session for a whole day. I've been in forums where decisions were to be made on individuals. And part of the feedback that we got, or at least that I heard, oh, that individual, yeah, he knows his job, he knows what he's doing and all of that, but he doesn't transfer knowledge. He doesn't transfer value. So he's either, as it is now, we can't take him off that role because he hasn't passed that information to someone else to succeed. But here we are, that individual, of course, we couldn't go out to give that kind of feedback. But the individual will be there grumbling. You know that, hey, I've given everything I've had for this business. Because when you transfer or share that knowledge, and I'm not saying it works, I'm not saying it's perfect or foolproof, but what you're demonstrating or communicating to your business leaders is that you're probably ready for something else. That you've transferred, you've built, a, there's a succession that business can run without you. And then the business begins to think of growth. Okay, where else do we take this individual? He's been able to demonstrate value here. But in some instances, you find people, ah, I'm not going to let this one go. It's my knowledge. You know, and it's also what has probably led organizations and institutions, you know. I remembered when my organization was sending me on a one-year program, you know, in South Africa a couple of years ago. You know, when we're trying to finalize arrangements, I now saw they sent me a document. They called it investment agreement or some, learning something. Long and short, it was a bond. You know, to say, okay, when you come back from this program, yeah, no God's going to go. You know, you must stay and transfer that knowledge. That's why they are sending you, you know, to go on that program. Some will do it with a bit of, um, liberty to say, okay, maybe you can pay a certain fee if you want to um, go before the tenure ex um, expires or stuff, but some may not. But the point is, and that's where I'm really going to end on that, on that point, is the knowledge you've gained is yours. Transferring it, what does it do to you? Does it leave you? It doesn't. It doesn't. And that's why one of the quotes I came across while preparing for this, 
very profound. It says we shouldn't aspire to always make a living. Yeah, money is important. The wealth is important. But the critical thing is aspire to make a difference. That's what counts. Because at the end of the day, true value, true value, I stand to be corrected, is not going to be determined by all of that wealth. It's by how much value you've been able to exude, how much you've been able to transfer to others. Are you with me? Am I making some sense? The next point, please. I don't know what, I'm trying to track my time, so. Okay, eight minutes, all right. Create your story. A lot of us do a lot of disservice to ourselves in the jobs or roles we find ourselves. We fail to document our accomplishments. Or haven't you found yourself in scenarios where somebody probably says something or, you know, and you're like, ah, but I know this now. Is anyone with me? I can do this now. Yeah, you can do it, but why didn't you say so? And somebody else has said it. That's what you see on LinkedIn. And that's how people get jobs. That's how opportunities come. I know people that have approached me in the past. So when you see all people posting, I'm not saying Facebook or, you know, so I'm saying social platforms like that, like LinkedIn, you must say your story. Nobody's going to tell your story better than you. If you don't say it, you're doing yourself a disservice. Are you with me? And that's what should form the basis of your resumes when you're seeking for jobs and opportunities. The era of, I do a lot of interviews as well, so I know what I look for, you know, when I see resumes. It's not a, it's not a situation of, I will do, that I look for personally. What have you done? And it's not always a case of, did you achieve success all the time? No. Business leaders at times just want to know what you've laid your hands on. Have you tried something before? So the last thing I see on that I focus on on CVs is certificates and um, degrees and the likes. Are you with me? You know, so we must learn to document those accomplishments. I'll just give us one or two instances. So I don't know, Sister Kenny here, she's not here today. You know, and I thought about her, you know, to say, and I just use that as an example, really. You're a teacher, and you've been able to move the results of your pupils from an average of, say, maybe 60%, you know, to um, maybe 80%, just as an example. And you're not able to present that in a compelling manner. You're doing yourself a disservice. An example that I would expect naturally is, oh, as a result of a change in methods or methodology, where I now began to have one-on-one -on -one engagements with my pupils, it eliminated the barriers to communication and a deeper understanding and insight of the needs of my pupils resulted in the average moving from X to Y. You sold yourself. 
Because people want to know how. What have you done? What have you been able to achieve? So it's imperative that we don't shortchange ourselves. You know, when we're our accomplishments, let's, let's articulate them in a manner that's not necessarily bashful or boastful, but in a way that convinces whoever is reading or listening to you, you know, that you have the capacity, you have the competencies to deliver in that job, on that role, or in that business. Hallelujah. Praise God. That leads me to the next point, which is speaking out. We also fail in this area a lot of times. Where we have opportunities, we have town hall meetings, we have forums, subcommittees, where we're being encouraged to ask or leave a comment. Fear. I don't know whether my question is stupid. I don't know whether they're going to label me as a rebel here. And all I'm not saying go and cause problems, so don't get me wrong. You know, but things that would move that organization forward. Learn to speak out. And you see, why it's important to speak out is, I dare say every business owner hasn't hired you to come to tell him what he already knows. He's not hiring you to come and, to come and do what, he already, what he's already doing. He's engaged you to come and tell him what he's not doing. Now, how you present it is probably where you then need to modify. Because if, if you're only telling them what it is that they do, or they're currently doing, there's no value. Are you with me? You know, and Steve Jobs, you know, and I read his quote. He says, it doesn't make sense to hire smart people and tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. And you see, you can set yourself up as well. And I'm using this for a practical example as well. Last year, my organization was going to go through a right-sizing exercise. And they engaged one of the big four consultants, you know, to come conduct an assessment and all of that. And, you know, when they sent the results for my team to me, there were two individuals, fantastic individuals that, yeah, I know that, oh, to a large extent, they, they, they know their stuff. But when the feedback came through, they gave, there was a task that was given to them, which was um, a team, a team, a group work. And the reports were like, these guys may not contribute to your business going forward because they were very, very, you know, docile. They were just there, not contributing, not making contributions. They were just quite, I mean, I mean, they didn't know that that was what these guys were also evaluating. You know, and it really impacted their scores. I really had to make a justification to keep their jobs. You know, because they felt they were not ready for the kind of organization that we want to be. If you are just going to be keeping quiet, you are not going to lend your voice, you are not going to be involved in group work. These things count. These are the things, like I said, I can't run away from that promotion matter. You know, these are the things that, you know, people say, you know, or, or, or regard. Because the truth is, at the end of the day, 
businesses, and I'm sure you've heard the, the quote, innovate or die. Hmm? If you fail to innovate, your business is dying. No employer wants his business to die. They need people that will help challenge their thoughts, their mindsets in moving their businesses forward. And I can give you a few names, a few brands, and it's not to throw any aspersions at them. For those of us that are old enough, we know Kodak. Kodak was renowned for photography back then. You know, they had the opportunity to change things, but they refused. Let's bring it to things that are more relatable. Your phones. As far back as early 2000s, Nokia was the household brand. Today, Nokia is struggling to survive. At least Nokia is still featuring somewhere, Sha. What about Blackberry? The almighty Blackberry. Android was knocking on the door. The iPhones came through. They're dead. And like Charles Darwin said, it's not the strongest of species that survives. It's the most adaptable. And it's those that are going to bring the ideas of disruption that would make organizations transit and be flexible into whatever is emerging. Remember I said, we live in a vocal world today. Those are the people that employers are seeking for. I'll stop there today. Hopefully, when I have another opportunity, you know, we'll talk on some other things. But I hope I've been able to bless us. Thank you so much.